0: Hello and welcome to Warrior Walker. We're so glad you've joined us today and we hope you and your loved ones and your family and friends and acquaintances are all safe. If you or someone you know is a victim of domestic violence or abuse, please contact the National Center for Domestic Violence hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. Well, today I am a little lit up. I'm a little on fire, and by that, what I mean is I'm a little upset, I'm a little annoyed, I'm a little passionate, which most of the podcast episodes that I record for you are, quite a large majority of them are because of something I believe passionately or something I've gone through or something I've seen others go through um or some research I've done. A few of them are because my listeners have asked me to address a specific topic or a question that they have. Um, for example, one was um a couple of years ago I had uh an old friend of mine from one of my old churches I used to attend years ago ask me, how do I help my daughter who's being abused by her boyfriend? And so I she actually asked me to record a podcast episode about that specific topic. And so I did some extra research, did some more research, um, prayed about it, and went ahead and recorded that for her. But today, it's honestly just because I am lit up. And by that, what I mean is I'm upset. I'm on fire. Um, And here's why. (laughs) Just being very, um, very real with you, very authentic. Um, I belong... Now, please bear with me. This does relate to abuse. Um, I belong to a couple of Facebook groups, and one of them is um, a Facebook group that is for an organization that was founded by a lady named Lisa Turkhurst. And some of you may have heard of her, Um, but in my opinion, she's an amazing and humble woman of God, godly lady, I met her many in person. I met her in person many, many years ago when my children were young and I was homeschooling. And back then, I went to what's what was called a Hearts at Home conference in Normal, Illinois, and she was speaking. And I heard her speak on one of the topics. Ironically, at the time, I think the topic I heard, may have heard her speak on was marriage, which is ironic because, as most of you know, I'm now divorced, uh, twelve years into being single, and divorced from my ex-husband. Um, but anyway, she started an organization, organization many years ago, um, called Proverbs 31. And basically the goal of the organization is to help wives be godly wives and follow biblical, you know, follow the Bible and be our best to be the best wives we can be, which, you know, for many years, I tried very hard to do my best to be a godly, good, biblical wife, um. That's a whole nother story. But anyway, um, ironically, also, Lisa Kirkhurst is now divorced herself (laughs) because um, and it's just, you know, things happen. We all live life and none of us is perfect. But um, from what I know, which is not a lot, it's very little, just what she's shared a little bit in a couple of books of hers I've read. She is divorced um, from what I know because her ex-husband had an affair. And they got back together for a while, I believe. And it just, I don't know if he had another affair or if it, they just couldn't get past it or what. But they eventually ended up getting divorced. So anyway, um, one of the Facebook groups I belong to is called the Proverbs 31 woman. And so um, there was a post that was posted in that group anonymously today where a lady is asking if adultery is grounds for divorce and remarriage or just divorce unless the husband dies. And um, she asked a few other questions. And by the comments this poster made anonymously, I got a real sense and, and kind of discerned and got a real feeling, which could be off, it could be wrong, but it may help someone else, that there may have been, div- uh, not divorce, but there may have been abuse in her marriage. I'm not sure. It might not be, but some of the things she said kind of sort of alluded to possible abuse or hinted around at it. And so I this is my answer. I'm going to read to you what the comment I answered. And before I do that, though, um, I had a couple of ladies just Like literally attack me. One lady told me that I wasn't quoting scripture and that I was telling her the opposite of the truth and basically um, just came against me, firing against me with words, telling me that I wasn't godly, I wasn't biblical, blah, blah, blah. Um, But the truth is I only said the address the scripture reference for one of the verses maybe two but I know for sure one of the verses that I was quoting but almost everything I said in what I said was biblical now we have to remember and one thing I need to keep in mind personally myself also is you know um there are a lot of these ladies come from all different denominations of Christianity and so she may not Um, be as familiar with the Bible as I am or as someone else might be. And I'm not trying to be arrogant. I promise. I'm just saying, you know, I was actually quoting lots of different scripture verses, but I didn't say what exactly they were not what they were, but where they were in the Bible. Like I didn't say, oh, that's from Ephesians 5.21. Actually, that's the one I did quote. <laughs> that's the one I did mention where it was. But anyway, so I went and, and thankfully to the credit of the uh, moderators of this Facebook group, they deleted the two ladies who were bashing me for my post and for, for my comment to answer this poor lady, because obviously she's struggling and she's trying to do the right thing. Um, Just like I was when I was in my abusive marriage. And I think most of us do as women and wives and mothers. We try to lead godly lives. We try to obey God. We try to read the Bible and we try to do the best we can to obey him. I think a lot of us are that way. But to the credit of the moderators of this Proverbs 31 group, which I'm actually very impressed with, um, they left. I thought they had taken my post down for a minute, but they didn't. They, t- they left my post up up but they t- my comment excuse me not my post it was her post my comment but they de- they must have they had to have, they deleted the the lady the po- the comments replying to me um you know just bashing me basically telling me that I'm not a christian basically i mean not in those words but that's really what she was saying um the one lady did come out straight out and say well you're not quoting the bible you're that's not at all the truth So anyway, um, you know, and sometimes when you say things about what the Bible actually says, people think you don't really know the Bible or that you're making excuses for people sinning and doing things that we shouldn't. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of times that is done when someone um, supports homosexuality you know um there is scripture that says that homosexuality is an abomination to the lord however there is also scripture that says one of the sins that the lord hates or detests is lying so i mean um we often get misunderstood you know like if i would say to an ultra conservative christian um you know we should have compassion for people who consider themselves homosexual or transgender or whatever it is, they would they would maybe easily think, oh, she doesn't really know what the Bible says because clearly that's a sin in the Bible. But that's not true. We're making an assumption because I know what the Bible says. Obviously, I just quoted it to you, but or I just quoted it. Um, but especially on the internet and social media, especially, I think we really have to be careful. And, you know, the Bible has a verse also that says test the spirits and anyone who acknowledges Jesus, you know, is from the spirit of God. So I try, I try. I'm very careful. I'm very cautious. as a prophetess. I've learned over the years. I have to be very cautious with what I say. Um, And it's not easy for me because I'm a very blunt, honest, honest to a fault type person. So that's a real struggle for me. But anyway, here was my answer and I went ahead and went back into my comment and edited it and added to add the actual references, scripture references of the scriptures I had quoted. So, here's what I said and and remember, let me let me first reread her question. Is adultery grounds for divorce and remarriage or just divorce unless the husband dies? Um, And she she asks a little more, but that's the main point of her question. So here was my answer. Okay, I say both. Jesus was about grace, not about following the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law. He even reprimanded the Pharisees for being legalistic hypocrites. Matthew 23, 13 to 15. And, And you might want to give your get your Bibles out to check these references and and cross-reference them and compare them against what I'm saying for yourselves. Don't just take my word for it, please. Um, Because I quote, I, I give these addresses for what I'm saying to back up what I'm saying in scripture, but I don't, I don't say what every scripture is saying exactly. I don't quote them verbatim in each reference. Okay. So again, both Jesus was about grace, not, not about following the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law. He even reprimanded the Pharisees for being legalistic hypocrites, Matthew twenty three, thirteen to fifteen. According to Scripture, there are three situations that qualify as biblical grounds for divorce. Then I said, see Patrick Weaver Ministries Facebook page also, please. And this one of these two ladies who had attacked me said Patrick Weaver is not in the Bible. So I put in parentheses. No, I am not saying Patrick is in the Bible, but he does quote scriptures and uses them in his compassionate ministry toward abused women, victims of domestic violence, especially abused wives. Then I said, I would caution you against requesting the opinion of man. Proverbs 29, 25. Okay. So I said, I would caution you against requesting the opinion of man. Proverbs 29, 25. Of course, there's, you know, I didn't write this, but there's also another verse in the Old Testament. And I don't recall exactly where the address is right now, but it basically says um, that it's good to get godly counsel. But, you know, she's requesting the opinion of man because godly counsel is counsel that's based on the Bible. And, and not all of these people are basing their counsel on the Bible, okay? So I said, I would caution you against requesting the opinion of man, Proverbs 29, 25, as pretty much everyone interprets the Bible as either what they've been taught or with their own fleshly opinions. Read the Bible for yourself, of course, and trust people such as, for example, Mr. Weaver, as just an example I was saying, whose heart is compassion and ministry for abuse victims and survivors. Unfortunately, there are many Christians and congregational members and leaders in churches who think that God requires women to submit to abuse of husbands, which is not what the Bible says at all. Malachi two sixteen and 17 finishes the verse with, and I hate a man who covers his garment slash wife with violence. So here's the direct quote from verse 16, for I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel, and... Everybody quotes that first half of that verse, right? I hate, God hates divorce. Everybody says, any Christian, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you know, right, that God hates divorce. Everybody knows that, which is what kept me in my abusive, one of the things that kept me, one of the biggest things, that kept me in my abusive marriage for so long. I can't divorce my husband. God says he hates divorce. That would be a horrible sin. Well, 16, verse Malachi two sixteen. for I hate divorce, says the Lord God of Israel, and covering one's garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. If you look in the footnote, garment can be replaced by the word wife. So God revealed to me during my third and final separation from my abusive ex-husband that not only does God hate divorce, but he equally hates a husband covering his wife with violence. In other words, God hates um, violence toward a wife just as much as he hates divorce so it's just as much of a sin to be violent to one's wife to your wife as it is to get a divorce and that was my release personally I said finally I'm not an expert but I hope host a free podcast at anchor.fm slash grateful Although I know you did not ask about abuse specifically, a lot of the issues of abuse address what your question is implying, partially at least, and it is all relevant as that is one of the three godly biblical permissions for divorce. Then I referenced and posted a link to a great article that references the Bible on this topic because she's basically asking, you know, if I get divorced, am I allowed to remarry? And what are the reasons, biblical permissions for divorce? Um, if you're interested, the reference is dot I'm sorry, slash, and then it's grounds dash for dash Okay, so it's www.gotquestions.org. slash grounds for divorce with a dash between grounds for and divorce dot then i said when your husband breaks the marriage covenant you are free not only to divorce but also to remarry sorry someone I'm, I'm reading this right off my comment and so whenever someone adds to it it jumps somewhere else and i have to go find where i was again um, when your husband makes the marriage, breaks the marriage covenant, you are free not only to divorce, but also to remarry, according to God. Um, don't listen to man. I said, I will also tell you that I was married for a grand total of 17 years to an extremely abusive husband. I did biblical and, and secular studies on how to be a better wife. I, that included reading a book called The Excellent Wife by Martha Peach. Sorry, Martha Peace, excuse me which I definitely do not recommend. One of the worst things you can do as an abused wife, okay, that, I didn't write this in the post, but that book heaped so much more guilt on me than I already had. And it wasn't my fault. My husband was choosing to abuse me and I was blaming myself. Um, One of the worst things you can do as an abused wife, and although you didn't say you are being abused, some of the things you implied allude to a strong possibility of abuse in your marriage is study on how to be a better wife biblically because the problem is not the wife, but the choice the husband is making to abuse his wife and to abuse his alleged spiritual authority as the leader or the head of the household. What that actually means is a servant leader. Jesus, whom we're supposed to emulate, right? I said Jesus did not go around demanding that people submit to him. He served people and he served them with compassion excuse me, I continued to write also a verse people often skip over is Ephesians 521, which says submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ is one of the translations. I believe that one's NASB. This means that it is not only the wife's job to submit to the husband. It is also the husband's job to submit to the wife, and it is also every Christian's job to submit to one another mind blowing right please do not take my word for it look it up for yourself um i didn't write this in the post but you know we're all responsible for our own biblical knowledge we need to be re- reading our bibles I-, I would normally say every day but then you know it's not like a legalistic thing we have to do but We need to know what the word of God says, and we can't know what the word of God says if we don't read it. We are responsible for reading the Bible ourselves and knowing what it says ourselves. Um, And it jumped again. (laughs) Let me go back and find where I was. Um, Where was I? Okay. Okay. I wrote, the Bible tells husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Ephesians 5.25 says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Christ loved the church sacrificially by giving himself up for her due to his extreme love. Never did Jesus verbally or physically batter any woman or any human being for that matter into submitting to him. That's not godly. It is a sin. And it is breaking the marriage covenant in and of itself. So anytime your husband or whoever is trying to lord their biblical authority over you, that's abusive. That is spiritual abuse. I wrote, God also tells husbands in the Bible to love their wives as they love their own bodies. And it says, for nobody hates their body, but loves it, feeds it, and cares for it. Ephesians 28 to 30. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. In other words, husbands are supposed to love, feed, and care for their wives. Now, while it is true that we cannot force our husbands to obey God, it does not necessitate unquestioned submission when our husbands are maltreating us. The Lord revealed to me personally through the Bible, that it is actually sinful for me to allow someone to harm my body. First Corinthians 6:19 and 20 says, "He asks, "Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God?" This definitely does not mean it's my fault if someone harms me physically, emotionally, spiritually, etc. Because again, that person is making a choice to harm me and I cannot impose on his free will any more than God will impose on his free will. In fact, a good biblical helpmeet will try to help her husband treat her better and be less sinful toward her. However, in the case of abuse, this can be dangerous because the husband is willfully choosing and making a choice to abuse his wife. So what I didn't write here that I implied in this comment is that it's not fully the accountability of the wife or the responsibility of the wife here to make her husband treat her better. Um, because sometimes, especially in the case of abuse, that can actually backfire and he may abuse her more to punish her. Um, I wrote, it is most definitely not the abusive victim's fault when her husband refuses to change and treat her better. We need As a society, we need to stop the narrative of asking wives to be better wives and be more submissive wives when the husbands who are abusing are clearly and obviously choosing to abuse. I said one more thing. I reread your post and I noticed you said the only time you get along is when you, quote unquote, give him sex. God created sex to be a beautiful celebration of love between a husband and a wife. It should never be forced or seen as an obligation or something that only one party benefits from. That is unhealthy and can be abusive. Uh, it jumped on me again. Hang on. Um. <laughs> oh, right in the middle of it. Okay, that is unhealthy and can be abusive depending on the level of extremity. I am not saying this is your fault because it might be and it might not be. It may be a natural result of his requiring this of you, which seems a great possibility considering the fact that it sounds like he committed adultery. She mentions adultery in her question, but she doesn't say who who committed adultery, but the way she posted it, the way she wrote, sounds like it was him. I wrote, he might be a sex addict. There's a lot without knowing context and more information in this obviously confidential situation, which I said because she posted anonymously. And I said, and yes, scripture does say that your body belongs to your husband, but it also says that your husband's body belongs to you. First Corinthians seven, four and five, the wife's body does not belong to her alone, but also to her husband. In the same way, this verse is also skipped, by the way, friends, in the same way, the husband's body does not belong to him alone, but also to his wife. Then it says, do not deprive each other except by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. I wrote, notice how it says mutual consent and with the goal of devotion to prayer. This is just touching on the topic of abuse. And again, although I know you didn't ask specifically about abuse, you did ask biblical grounds for divorce. And that is one of the three. Because the abusive husband is the one who broke the godly covenant of marriage, not the wife, not the victim of abuse. And as Patrick Weaver says on his website, biblically, you are allowed to remarry when your husband acts like an unbeliever. And remember, in the book of Samuel, God tells us that although man looks at the outward appearance, God sees the heart. In other words, God knows our hearts. And that was um, a quote from when... Um, God instructed uh was it Saul to choose David or Samuel? I think it was Samuel. When God instructed Samuel to choose David, the 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 shepherd, the youngest of the brothers, and God was like, "Nope, that's the one I want." And they're like, "Wait, what? You want David, a lowly shepherd?" You know, and God's like, "Yep, because I know his heart, you know, God sees the heart while man looks at the outward appearance. And then, of course, I put hugs as you continue to pray and seeks God's face. He will give you the answer because God promises to answer our prayers when we pray to us. It's not always in the timing we want, unfortunately, (laughs) and it's not always the way we want, unfortunately, but fortunately, God does know what's best for us. So I just wanted to share this with you because this totally had me lit up in how I was attacked for speaking the truth of god's word and friends this is a huge problem that exists in a lot of churches today where we put as a congregation as a body of believers you know um is it corinthians in the in the bible says that we're all parts of the body of believers we're all parts of one body in the church and this is a big problem of ours which another one is singlehood which don't even get me started there the church is geared for families Um, But anyway, in generally speaking, not all, but a lot, we need to do better, folks. We need to stop idolizing reconciliation of marriages and start putting number one priority relationship with Christ. We need to help these abusive men have a true and authentic and legitimate, genuine relationship with Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior. Because that is the only way that there's any possibility for them to overcome abuse. I'll I'll just be blunt. I'll just say it. I'm getting bold today. But you know what? Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. May your will be done, Lord, not mine. We need to be better as a church and stop asking abused wives, why did you stay so long? What the heck? What in the world? I'm sorry, but why aren't we asking the abusive husbands why are you abusing your wife? Stop it. What is wrong with you? You claim you're a godly husband? Love your wife sacrificially, like Christ loved the church. You claim you're a godly husband? Love your wife the way you love your own body. You feed your own body, feed your wife. And it can be financially providing, which the Bible also does say, but it can also be spiritually. You can't feed your wife if you're abusing her. I'm sorry, you just can't. It's just impossible, completely impossible. Feed your wife. Love your wife. Care for your wife. If you're abusing your wife, do you think you're caring for her? No. We need to stop excusing abusive behavior in the church. We need to stop idolizing marriage. And number one, put as a priority our relationships with Jesus. Number two, our home should be the first ministry, not the church. Um, One of the things in my own abusive marriage, which, as you know, I was in for a grand total of 17 years, and I tried everything. I literally tried everything. I tried everything going to all types of counseling, both secular and biblical, as I mentioned earlier. You know, I tried fixing myself because I thought I was the problem, <laughs> you know. And granted, I could be a problem. You know, I'm human. I sin just like everyone else. Um, But it wasn't ever all my fault. In fact, most of the time, in hindsight and in retrospect, a lot of the time, it had absolutely nothing to do with me, you know. Um my ex-husband would just like go off the deep end, so to speak. He would just get angry for literally no reason out of the blue. And um, my, my former stepmother, she's divorced now from my father. One time she said to me, well, you don't poke the bear. Excuse you. <laughs> I wish I had been stronger. I didn't poke the bear. The bear was just a bear. You know, bears are grouchy sometimes, you know, they don't have to have any provocation to be mean. They just don't. Um, but I used to blame myself a lot. Number three, we need to stop telling women to be better, more submissive wives so that their husbands will be won over. That is not for in the case of abuse. You know, and we need to stop idolizing the position of marriage or the, I'm sorry, the, what's it called? Um, sacrament. The sacrament of marriage over the health and safety of our women and children. The very people we're supposed to be protecting. What is wrong with us, church? We need to do better. You notice I'm including myself in this because I'm part of the problem, but I'm trying to learn and I'm trying to get and be better. So obviously you can see this just has me really lit up. And by lit up, I mean upset, passionate. (laughs) Um... But it's a it's a huge, huge issue, and we need to fix this issue, and it needs to start in the church, because not only is it just as prevalent in the church, I personally think it's more prevalent in the church, because there are so many abusive husbands that say, well, you need to submit to me because the Bible says I'm the head of the household. Yeah, Jesus never lorded his authority over anyone. Jesus never demanded anyone submit to him. And doesn't the Bible say we're supposed to emulate Jesus? Doesn't the Bible say we were made in the image of Christ? In fact, in Genesis, it says, male and female, I created them. In the image of God, I created them. It doesn't say in the image of God, I created him. It says them it says male and female. Even the Bible, God in the Bible, points out that it's not just husbands. It's not just men. It's not just males. It is also us females. So come on. We need to do better. We need to serve the church, folks. We need to protect our women and children. We need to stop making excuses for abusive husbands who lure their own alleged god-given authority over their wives that's not that scripture's not for abuse it's not meant for abuse that scripture is all scripture it's assuming that we're being treated the way god wants us to be treated and if your husband is abusing you he's definitely not treating you the way god wants him to treat you the way god commands him to treat you in the bible And as churches, we need to do better about not, about helping our women to see that, first of all, women are equal partners (gasps) with their husbands. Oh my goodness, I said it. Yes, the husband's ahead of the household. There has to be some hierarchy. But that doesn't mean that we need to continue to treat women like they're children. Women are not children. Children. Women are equal, or should be, biblically speaking, equal partners with their husbands in raising the children, not treated like a child themselves. Um, <laughs> boy, this has really sparked the passion in me. It's just, I'm so upset because these women on this post, this poor poster on this Proverbs 31 Facebook group, which I absolutely love. Um, like I said, I'm very impressed with the moderators. And how they protected both me and the original poster from the attacks that were coming against me for speaking scripture. Because those women, all they cared about was, oh, keep your marriage together. Excuse me? You know what? Yeah, I agree. We don't want divorce. But what if we have to make a choice between divorce and abuse? Clearly, God wants us to safe and happy and worshiping him. At least that's what I believe. Please tell me if I'm wrong. I want to learn. I want to know. I haven't found in the past 12 plus years of desperate, heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching search of scriptures in the Bible on how to be a better wife so my husband won't abuse me which the premise of that is completely wrong to begin with because it's not my fault that my husband's choosing to abuse me. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not your fault that your husband's making a choice to abuse you. That's his choice. Even if you said something you shouldn't have said, he's still making a choice on how he responds just as you are, just as are you, right? We need to do better as Christians and as churches and as the body of Christ, we need to keep our women and our children protected and safe. You know, a pastor is to shepherd his flock. And part of that shepherding, clearly, obviously, is encouraging congregational members and attenders of the church to have a personal relationship and friendship with Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I want to be your friend. I am your friend. Come to me, all you are, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. All we have to do is ask Jesus to be Lord of our lives and forgive us for our sins, and He we will be saved. Romans 10 9. John 3 16 and multiple others. We need to shepherd people also by protecting them and keeping them safe. Because if we are, as leaders, held to a higher standard and spiritually responsible for them, can you imagine? I just thought of this. So maybe it's spirit-led. Sometimes this is how it happens with me or for me. Can you imagine if you're a pastor and a wife comes to you and says, my husband's abusing me, and you say, submit to him, be a better wife, She goes away and a week later, you're performing her funeral because her husband killed her because you didn't take her abuse seriously. Like, how would that make you feel if you're a pastor? You know, of course, it would make anyone feel awful. I'm not saying it's your fault, but what if you could have helped her? You know, God, do you think that God says in the Bible that a a wife is supposed to submit to her husband until death? No. No the scripture i quoted earlier about do you not know that your temple your body is a temple of the holy spirit that is in context referring to sexual sin in other words you know glorify god with your bodies but timothy says that all scripture is god breathed and useful for everything basically for training rebuking etc and if god you know i'm not a fan of this oh you can't take a bible verse out of context baloney that's bull. I'm sorry. Because if God can speak through a stone, why can't he speak through a scripture taken out of context? Tell me that. If God could speak through a donkey, who are we to say or limit God from speaking through a scripture taken out of context? Come on. All scripture is God-breathed and useful. All. Not only the scriptures we don't take out of context and this fear, you know. No. All scripture is God-breathed. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So whatever is done to your body is done to the Holy Spirit. Hmm. That's one concept that really got me to think years ago. We need to do better as a church, folks. First ministry should be leading people to Christ, helping disciple them to have a relationship, a friendship with Jesus and be saved in the Christianese language. Secondly, secondly, Shepherd them. Thirdly, protect them. Any leader is responsible for his subservience. Pastors are responsible for their congregations. You know, and I know pastors are human too, but we just really, really need to do better, especially in this area. And we need to not bring condemnation like on this poor poster who's feeling condemnation, she's worried because her husband wants to divorce her. You know, the one who committed adultery on her, the one who only pays attention to her when she has sex with him. She's worried and she's worried that God won't accept her or love her anymore if her her unfaithful husband divorces her. And she's worried that either she's going to displease God or she's not going to be able to get remarried. We need to have compassion on this woman. She's searching for the truth just by asking that question. She's searching for the truth. She wants to please God clearly. If she didn't care what God thought, she wouldn't even ask that question. Another thing that's kind of a side note. I mentioned earlier that a couple of ladies um, just... One really, really attacked me and claimed I wasn't quoting scripture because I didn't give the addresses, which as I told you, as I mentioned earlier, I went back later and I added the scripture references for almost every, the majority of what I said, I added a ton of scripture references. Um, We need to be careful as Christ followers that we aren't making assumptions, number one, about what other people are saying or what they're going through. Um, especially on social media and the internet, there's a lot left out, like a lot of details that you can't type everything that happened in your marriage or whatever situation for which you're asking advice. And we need to be careful not to attack other Christians because that's bringing disunity within the body. Um, I understand that these two ladies, they really believed that they were doing the right thing but clearly they've obviously not been victims of abuse because they were completely ignorant to what i was saying and the one obviously didn't know a whole lot of scripture because she told me what i was saying wasn't in the bible and i proved basically almost every word i said was in the bible um Again to their credit the moderators deleted those attacking um rep- responses and replies to me and left my post my comment excuse me left my comment there and i think a lot of that credit goes to the fact that i'm assuming these moderators have been through some difficult cir- circumstances of as well um because that's typically your um i don't want to say more mature christians but People who have walked through difficult times um, and have spiritually grown with God, we tend to have a lot more compassion on people when they're going through stuff. And we don't know what people are going through. You haven't walked a mile in my shoes. I haven't walked a mile in your shoes. You know, I haven't lived behind your closed doors and you haven't lived behind my closed doors. All we know on the internet and on social media and in the public is what we allow to be presented there. And so I feel and I believe I feel like we need to and I believe we need to be really careful as Christians to not make assumptions and not judge what other people are going through. And, you know, I was being very careful, too, because the original poster never said there was abuse in her marriage. I inferred it from some of the things she said that it was a possibility. I didn't make an assumption that it existed, um, but I did get the feeling that it could be. Especially when the only time your husband talks to you is if he wants sex. Like that is a clear indication that there could be some issues there, right? Obviously. Um, But we need to do better as a church. We need to um, not make excuses for husbands who are mean to their wives or abusive to their wives by telling wives to be a better submissive more submissive wife and win their husbands unbelieving husbands over by a gentle and quiet spirit although that is a scripture but we need to be careful to apply it accurately and in the case of abuse it is definitely not accurate or applicable um those sentences should never be said anywhere near abuse and by abuse i'm not talking about oh my husband won't vacuum for me That's annoying, but, you know, I'm talking about real abuse. You know, um, my husband called me a name. My husband slapped me. My husband pulled my hair. Uh, My husband stood between me and the doorway blocking my exit. And if you want some other examples of abuse of different types, um, you can go to the website, the National Center for Domestic Violence, and look up the power and control wheel it's called the Duluth model d-u-l-u-t-h i believe it's originally out of minnesota but anyway um there are actually um over the years it's um been developed further and further and more and more and there are actually different power and control wheels for different things like there's um A violence power and control wheel, there's, there are just different ones and you can look all those up your, on er, yourselves. Um, and when you go to that website, it will give you like a cautionary message, like make sure you're safe before you look at this, you know, because we don't want you any more endangered than you already may be. Um, make sure your abuser can't track you, can't, um, you know, Find the websites and your history that you've been on. Maybe clear your cache or make sure he doesn't have access. Well, hopefully you'll get away from your abuser and be safe. You and your children if you have them. Um, and I'll tell you, I am suffering firsthand. I tried so hard to protect my children from my abusive ex-husband. And I thought by staying with him, I thought... By staying with my abusive ex-husband, there were multiple, but one thing I thought was that I could protect my children better. I thought that I could protect them from seeing his abuse of me, which was and was not true. And one child I was able to protect from his seeing what was going on and how his father was abusing me. But in the end, ultimately, I lost the relationship with that child partially because of my own mistakes and shortcomings but also partially due to parental alienation because my abusive ex-husband created a smear campaign against me and i have proof and i they don't know i have proof but i do and so i lost my child as an adult in large part due to my abusive ex-husband who i lived with and was married for 17 grand total years Um, He took him away from me, which is something he promised he would do eventually with both my children. The other child, I was not able to completely protect from seeing what happened and the abuse of my husband. And our children see and understand more than we realize. I could not protect him from it. Um, Somehow I protected the other one. He has no clue. So somehow I was successful there, but I lost the relationship with him. And now, sadly and unfortunately, uh, my estranged son is best friends with the man who literally tried to kill me back in 2003, and that worries me. It terrifies me, and I just, I literally pray for him every single day. And uh, my ex-husband lives far, far away from me on the, in, on the other end of the state. Um, But they are best friends, and it really worries me. And I pray every day, and I have to keep reminding myself, God loves my son more than I ever could, both of them. But my other son, I could not protect from him seeing everything. And it took him five years to finally come out and tell me, I saw what dad did to you. I saw dad shove you into the hallway. And um, I couldn't protect him. It took him five years to confess to me that he had seen that and um it traumatized him and but because because he witnessed some of that abuse um he believes me he believes the truths that i share about what their father did to me um because he witnessed it firsthand himself unfortunately which i tried really hard to protect him from so again we need to do better as the church um we shouldn't be losing our children because we told a wife to be a better wife when her husband was beating the living tar out of her i'm not saying me but in general um and i'll tell you something you won't see or witness um the abusers bruises and scars on his abuse victim you know why because they always attack where the markings will be covered. Um, I remember taking photographs of bruises on the top of my feet. Um, My neighbor, who was being severely abused by her husband, um, she had black hair and her husband beat her on the top of her head until her head bled, but you couldn't see the blood because it was under her hair. So abusers typically, you know, will abuse physically where you can't see the damage that's been done. And of course, abuse victims are so embarrassed that they try to cover it up. I mean, it's only natural. You know, you don't want to look ugly. You don't want your bruises to be seen. Um, Turtlenecks is a huge sign. Um, And strangulation can cause physical effects for many, many years later. And um, most abusive husbands will act one way in public and a totally different way at home. Um, There's overt and covert narcissistic abuse. Uh, That's that's something that you can research if you'd like. It's pretty in depth if you get into that. But we just need to do better because our children don't deserve this. You know, I thought I was doing what was right at the time, and most abuse victims do, especially Christian wives. You know, they've been filled with this false narrative, false biblical teaching that, oh, if you're just a better, more submissive wife, your husband will stop abusing you. No, he won't. The more you submit, the more he's going to abuse you. You know why? Because he's learning he can get away with it. That is baloney. That's bullcrap. We need to stop telling abused wives that. The problem isn't she's not submitting. The problem is he's choosing to abuse. Um... And, and most abuse victims are naive and hopeful and want to believe the best about the person who promised to love and cherish them for the rest of their lives. The person you're supposed to be loved and protected by is the one who is unsafe. Well, I'm running out of time, um, but again, we need to do better as a church. We need to protect abuse victims, especially women and children, wives and children. Um... We need to not put a marriage reconciliation above, in importance, above the safety of a woman and a child, above the safety of a wife, above the safety of children. And the safety of the children includes them not witnessing abuse because it has multiple damaging effects, as has been proven. So um, I hope you've uh, been blessed by and benefited from this podcast episode today. Thank you for allowing me to share part of my passion. Um, And I pray that you are safe and that you belong to a church body that supports you and your children and your family. um, And not just your marriage and not just your, your relationship with Christ, but also protects you and does their best to help keep you in fellowship and keep you safe authentically safe and genuinely safe thanks for listening i'd love to hear what you think of this podcast episode especially because it's one of my probably one of my most passionate ones to date so far um and i just pray all the time that you're safe god bless you thanks for listening i love you but way more importantly jesus loves you more and he wants you safe jeremiah 29 11 Until next time.